0: Next up, on A Vision for You, special edition, Thursday, November 22nd, Thanksgiving Day, 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time, A Vision for You Big Book Study, directly following at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, The Doctor's Opinion, presented by a big book teacher and scholar. She resides in Missouri. And there'll be a question and answer time after this discussion. Thursday evening of Thanksgiving Day, at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. More about alcoholism. A big book teacher and scholar will present this study. He hails out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. There will also be questions and answers after this study. Then Sunday, November 25th, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Attitude of Gratitude Meeting. Finally, Sunday, December 2nd, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Abstinent Panel. And with
1: that, I pass. Thank you, Melanie. Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision For You Big Book Study. My name is Christy and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, November 20th. Today we are reading from the big book. We're at page 66, the third full paragraph. It starts with, we turned back. Today's readers are, Eddie, Marsha, and Paula. The reference number for Monday, November 19th is 3352. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Hoodie to read the 12 Steps.
2: Hi, good morning, Christy. This is Hoodie, recovering compulsive overeater from Israel. The 12 Steps. sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass.
1: Thank you, Hoodie. I will now ask Kim to read the 12 Traditions.
3: Thank you. The 12 Traditions. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities.
1: Thank you, Kim. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book. We're on page 66, third full paragraph, and I will ask Eddie to begin reading, please.
4: Good morning. This is Eddie, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Virginia. We turned back to the list, for it held the key to the future. We were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. We began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. In that state, the wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, had power to actually kill. How could we escape? We saw that these resentments must be mastered. But how? We could not wish them away any more than alcohol. Uh, when I read this, um, paragraph, um, it reminds me that um, for years um, I felt wronged by the world, and I carried that around with me like a ball and chain. And and indeed, as with everyone's life, I'm I'm sure that um, there were people in my life that did wrong me, but there were more instances, now that I can look back honestly, that um, I either contributed to that by some action or behavior of mine, um, or that I perpetuated that, and uh, that was, their hurt of me was simply a retaliation, um, as I tend to retaliate when I'm hurt. So um, acknowledging that was um, difficult when I first started program, because I think everybody, Everybody likes to feel that they've done the best they could by others and and that they were just, you know, treated wrongly or unfairly, you know, in their lives. Um, And, um, you know, I could carry those resentments around with me for the rest of my life, um, especially in those instances where truly someone else, you know, did hurt or wrong me. Uh, But what good does it do? Um, and that's how I try to look at it today. Um, I, I know that even though I find that in my program, um, I am, it's easier for me to look at the, at the situation more honestly, I tend to have a thin skin and I know that I'm hurt easily. Uh, but, uh, now when I, when I look at it through the eyes of, of, um, of my program of of prayer of of my contact with my higher power you know i'm able to see that in most cases and and you know it it may be a very small part but there there's a little part there that perhaps i participated in Um, and to let that go, and even when there's not, just to let it go. Somebody was talking yesterday about, you know, looking through, uh, looking back uh, and reliving those incidences where they were hurt over and over and over again, and, um, you know, the person that I am angry at or resentful towards probably does not even remember this incident or has moved on. And I'm still dwelling in this little abyss of self-pity that I tend to get into. Um, And uh, whose life is affected by it? Not that, uh, not the other person's, it's mine. And, uh, you know, that's never a good place for me to be. There's always that, that, you know, moment, perhaps that something in my mind will say, well, you know, a piece of chocolate could fix that. Um, but uh, no, thank God I don't go there much today. It's, it's, you know, today I know that, that there, is no, there is no other tool, if you want to say, in my life that will fix my life other than God and, and, and my connection with him and through this program. So today, uh, thank God, I am able to you know, set my resentments aside for the most part and, and look for a better way to live uh, and a better way to serve and a better way to just be the person that I'm supposed to be and uh, to, to live my life as God would have me do so. And with that, I'll pass.
1: Thank you, Eddie. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph?
3: Good morning. This is Margaret. Margaret, go ahead.
1: Sure, go good ahead. Morning.
3: Uh, good morning, Vision, for you. This is Margaret covered in New Jersey. Um, you know, I always, I just lean on Bill's story so much uh, on page nine where he said, I wondered how he had escaped. You know, I really realized when I came, uh, you know, and I started to hear people on the line, like, that's what I needed to do. I needed to escape from my mind, you know, from myself. And uh, here again, he says, how could we escape? You know, and, um, you know, right up there, it says, we were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. And that was hard for me to do. It was very hard for me to do. Particularly was it hard for me to do when I I judged that my motives were good. That was a real. That has been a really stumbling point for me, and I can still fall back into it. And I have to tell my sponsor, watch for that inmate if my motives are good. And it's harder for me to look at it from an entirely different angle when my motives are good. When I deem my motives are good. And uh, I want everybody to do as I think they should do. And I have to, uh, you know, be aware of that that's a character defect of mine. I thought it was a strength. I thought that that was my strength. And it turned out to be a very severe character defect. And I have to have her be aware of that. So thank God, you know, in case I miss, which I do. And I did last week. I got back into that again. But that's what, you know, we're taught here. We have to become prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle because if not, I mean, I'm going to suffer and I'm going to make everybody around me suffer. And, you know, there's a better way. You know, it says there's a better way. And I'm so grateful today uh, that there's a better way yesterday after the meeting uh, I, somebody told me i wasn't able to stay on about how the filing cabinet we keep opening the file and putting you know putting more into that file to tell them tell my mind how wrong they are and uh, you know today i thank God i can take the papers out of that filing cabinet toss them away shred them and make room for you know for more acceptance and love and uh, what a wonderful way to live and with that i'll pass thank you
1: Thank you, Margaret. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph?
5: This is Sarah. Can I share? Sure, Sarah. Go ahead. Good morning. This is Sarah, recovered compulsive overeater. Good morning. We began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. In that state, the wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, had the power to actually kill. How could we escape? So, other people, we have, um, what this is talking about is the power that we have given to other people in our world, people, institutions, to dominate us. And thereby, through that power of domination and the resentment that comes as a result, they have the power to actually destroy us, to just, to kill us, to kill us spiritually, to kill us emotionally, And then when we turn to that piece of chocolate thinking that's going to solve our problems, we now give the power to that and, you know, eventually it will kill us. So in We Agnostics on page 52, you know, it says we had to ask ourselves why shouldn't we apply to our human problems the same readiness to change our point of view. We have to look at it from another angle. We were having trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't control our emotional natures. We were prey to misery and depression. We couldn't make a living. We had a feeling of uselessness. We were full of fear. We were unhappy. We couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. was not a basic solution of these bedevilments more important than whether we should see newsreels of lunar flight. Of Of course it is. Of course it was. When we saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe we had to stop doubting the power of god our ideas didn't work but the god idea did and then on the next page we had to fearlessly face the proposition that either god is everything or else he is nothing god either is or he isn't what was our choice to be so here in looking at our resentments we have to, you know we we've given Power, just from another angle, what helped me so much is to see how much power i 've given to my children, to my husband, to my boss to to other people to dominate and control my life, I gave them that power, and instead of seeing them also as you know humble servants capable or incapable of being the kind of servant you know that maybe they should be, but that 's not for me to to decide and help and the big book will talk about that in the next paragraph about how to perceive those people. But it's for me, this was about really going back to step two. Who am I giving my power to? Am I giving my power to them? Or am I giving my power to myself to think that I can overcome my feelings towards them? or am I going to that simple reliance upon God am I going to give power back where it belongs to this power greater than myself who I call God who's going to restore me to sanity who's going to be my employer who's going to where I can be his humble servant I need to stay on my side of the street I need to do what's right and what what they do they cannot dominate me without my permission and it's for me that was a very liberating that I could be my relationship with God can dominate more than and who I need to be and who He would have me be could dominate my thinking more than whether my husband did, you know, responded to the, or was a parent the way I thought he should be, or my kids turned out to the way and behaved towards me the way I wanted them to be, or my boss could make me feel small. My boss can't make me feel small without my permission. And if I know who I am and where my power lies, then then I can see my boss from a completely different angle. And it and it's very liberating. So thank you. With that, I'll pass.
1: Thank you, Sarah. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Uh,
0: good yeah. morning. It's Leah.
1: This is Robin. Yeah. All right. Leah... Robin, and then Janice. Go ahead, Leah.
6: Thanks, Chrissy. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's Leah, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. We turned back to the list for It Held the Key to the Future. You know, step four, that first action step that I'm taking, it allowed me to see for the first time uh, the truth, the real truth, the kind of personality I had developed through my years of living a life uh, based on self-will run riot. You know, it, it was It enabled me to see the truth, and that truth was able to set me free. It says we were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. I needed a new vision, hence a vision for you. I needed a new vision. You know, we each choose. I was choosing the lens through which I perceived my reality. I made those choices. And when I looked at the world and the characters on my stage through the lens of self-centeredness, I felt alienation, I felt disharmony, I felt isolation, I felt fear, I felt resentment. Uh, I felt all of that because my, my vision was limited. My vision was limited to how everything in the world and all its occupants affected me. But what if the program of recovery transformed my mind, and what if I began to look at life and all those characters on the stage in an entirely different angle, the angle of God, the angle of God's vision, the angle of spirituality? Because to the extent that I choose the lens of spirituality, the lens of God's vision, then I feel unity and I feel compassion and I feel tolerance and I feel in harmony with everyone and I feel like I want to cooperate and, and offer empathy. So it's a different angle. It says we began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. You know, I, for, for years I was, look, I was walking around, you know, saying to myself, they made me this way. The program of recovery told me it was time for me to start taking responsibility for those attitudes, for my, for my thinking, and for my behavior. And I could no longer afford, if I wanted to be freed from the bondage of compulsive overeating, then I could no longer afford to blame these things on other people. Because if I did, I'm letting other people dominate my thinking. I'm letting people control the way I think and control the way I act and control my life. So I needed to keep that in mind, because as long as I was mentally replaying these resentments or fears or feelings of guilt, um, I was turning my life over to others and allowing others to dominate me. So it says we began to see that the world and its people really dominated me. I needed a new mind, a spirit-guided mind, a a mind that um, was governed by God, where God was and these principles of the program became to be the superior authority or power over me. Because all action is born in thought. If my thoughts are resentment-based, then my actions and my feelings are going to emanate from that. But what if my thoughts are God based? What if my thoughts are based on harmony and based on trying to be the best servant that I can be and based on trying to be in alignment with God and alignment with God's world? Then my feelings and my actions will reflect that new thinking, a new mind due to the program of recovery. With that, I pass. Thanks.
1: Thank you, Leah. Robin, go ahead.
7: Hi, this is Robin. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I'm looking at, we turned back to the list before for it held the key to the future. I did many, many four step inventories before I actually became abstinent for, for the first time and it, it still resented the hell out of everybody, still resented my life, still resented society, still resented other people. And what this paragraph tells me, um, it, it, I mean, I, I would do these fourth steps, And I would do a very cursory job because I did not like the fourth step. It asked me to put some effort into this. It asked me to do a little bit of work, and I don't like work. And so this time around, I'm looking at this paragraph. I've learned everything that I've, you know, learned up to this point in time, and I get to this, and it says, we turn back to the list. Okay, so now I've got to go back to the list that I think I've already done an okay job on and really, really dig into it really take a look at myself, um, not just do what my little resentment sheets say, but but take a, a very close look at what this all means. Because I can see now, I've been taught, that the people that I'd been depending on were as sick as me. And I kept putting... Um, you know, too much, too much emphasis, too much, um, I kept asking other people to take care of me. And what I'm called to do in this paragraph is to look for a different perspective on it because now my higher power is going to be my employer. My higher power is going to be the one that I turn to. So I can stop looking to other people to do the things for me that they never should have, you know, I never should have asked them to do in the first place. So I turn back to the list, and I look at it, and I I ask it, you know, where have I been selfish, which is what this is really all about for me. I can see that, that what's happened is my life has been lived looking only at myself, what I can get out of it, how other people are harming me, and I'm asked in this paragraph to look for a new perspective because if I don't find a new perspective, I will never master these resentments, and I will never be able to stay away from the food or recover in this program. So with that, I'll
0: pass. Thanks. Thank you, Robin. Janice, go ahead. Janice, are you there?
1: Can you press star one to unmute?
2: Thank you,
3: Christy, thank you. Here I'm talking away and the phone's not.
1: <laughs> Repeat everything you just said to yourself. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> thank you. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Good morning, Vision, for you. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So it says that we turn back to the list for it held the key to the future. Pretty powerful statement. And then it says we were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. We were prepared. You know, and that's what we've been doing here. That was what was done for me, is I was prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle by all the study that we've done up to this point, by all the education I've received, by all the experience, strength, and hope those who had recovered have shared with me, have shared with me. You know, we've been doing this big book sentence by sentence, paragraph by paragraph, because it was exactly what I needed. It was exactly what I needed. In order to shift my perception, which is the true miracle for me, in order to see it differently, I had to know who I was and what I was up against. And that's what I have been teaching through my experience and the experience of others, It's what has happened for me as a direct result of being prepared. You know, I had to look at myself and say, what? What? You mean my determination, my self-will, my motivation, all of my personal efforts could not change this in me? And believe me, I had tried. You know, I'm I'm reminded what it says back on page 25. It says, if you are as seriously alcoholic as we were, we believe there is no middle-of-the-road solution. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible. And if we had passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid, we had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could, and the other to accept spiritual help. So, you know, here I looked at this paragraph. I was taught, here is where the rubber meets the road, Janice. Here's where the rubber meets the road. You know, I saw that my resentments must be mastered, but how? But how? We could not wish them away any more than alcohol. I could not wish them away any more than I could wish away the food. You know, no matter how great the desire or the wish, I had not been able to do it. My human aid, my lack of power had not been enough. So here I am looking at this list, looking at the truth about myself and who I am, my selfishness, my inconsiderate nature. And it was a painful pill to swallow, excuse me very much, but it was. To look at what the insanity had covered up was the truth. Well, here's the truth. Here's the truth. The truth I needed to see exactly who I was and what I was up against. But you taught me That even though lack of power was my dilemma, there was a power source deep within me. A power source that would give me the sunlight of the spirit, that would enable me to live in a way I had never been able to live by my own human power. You know, thank you, God, for that. And with that, I'll pass.
1: Thank you, Janice. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph?
8: Yes. Hi, this is Sharon. Sharon.
1: Virginia. Uh, let's see, hey, uh, hang on just one second, Sharon, I'll let you go second, and I'm sorry, who was that again that wanted to speak?
8: Liz, can you hear me?
1: I I'm sure on mic can.
8: So, okay, am yep, so, I right
1: so Yep, no problem.
8: Okay. Uh, that's okay, go ahead. And, um, I am a newbie. I, uh, Saturday, I used to go to OA about seven years ago, but I didn't understand why I was going, and I had my, hit my bottom on Saturday. And, um... I tell you the difference of of acceptance. Um, I've I've noticed when I'm eating how I'm just shoveling and I have to slow down. And um, weird, I had a dream. I've never had a dream about food before. And in the dream, I had the resentment and who I was resentful at. And I liked hearing what was read because I would, well, you know, trying to let go of the resentment and I couldn't. I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? you know, I prayed a guy let go of resentment, but I just can't, I tried to force it on my own, and I liked really healing that reading that I cannot do it like letting go of alcohol. And um, I'm just really concerned about Thanksgiving. Um, my problem was I ate a lot of food that I was allergic to, um, which made my colon totally sick. And um, I've been sick for days and eating very little at the moment. So um, I've hit my bottom, so I'm just grateful you're all here. Anyway, thank you.
1: Thank you, Liz. Sharon, go ahead.
3: Good morning. This is Sharon, a recovered compulsive overeater, and very glad to be on the line this morning. I, The thing that um, really jumps out at me in this paragraph is that we began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. And this was, this is important for, this was really critical for me to realize because what I'm uh, going to be asked here is to accept a power greater than myself, uh, to accept God as my master. It says right in the, paragraph before that um, well not just a minute not in the paragraph before but it says right in the same paragraph that we that these resentments must be mastered and later on we're going to we're going to hear that we had to accept a new master and when I Started looking at this and was told that I had to have a master that I had to accept this higher power and that I had to surrender to a higher power and now that this higher power was going to be directing my life it was really really difficult for me to really grasp that this whole concept of surrender and that I had to accept a new master but when i realized that the world was really dominating me that i was really being controlled by a master that i hadn't chosen for myself that i had given myself over to this to to people and to um to others to this to to be dominated and controlled i had chosen that when I accepted that, then I could accept making a, a different choice. So it was really, this paragraph is really important for me, this looking at it from a different angle, this accepting my role that I was the one that was, uh, page 63 talks about how we created the problems that we have ourselves and we talked about that, how important it was for us to accept that this was of our own making, this was our problems we did that and here accepting that we've been dominated and once we can really grasp that, we can really understand that we have to accept a new way of thinking, we have to for our own good, in order to recover, it requires that we look at things from a different angle. It was so much easier for me to just surrender and let go when I accepted how controlled and dominated and manipulated and how out of control my life was. And so at that point, it became easier for me to accept completely this spiritual way of living, this new way of of, uh, acting upon life. And with that, I pass.
1: Thank you, Sharon. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph before we move to the next one?
0: I'll take that as a no. Marsha, would you please
1: read the next paragraph for us? Certainly. Good morning, a vision for you. I'm Marcia. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. Thank you, God. This
3: was our course. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Though we did not like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too. We asked God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When a person offended, we said to ourselves, this is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? God, save me from being angry. I will be done. Wow, this is a whole different perspective now, a whole different uh, look at, at 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 these people and these situations around me um, that I never really considered before. Program, um, I never considered that maybe they there was something wrong with them i mean they just they just did these things deliberately to hurt me and or or that they did these things to make me fearful um that it was their fault i had no part in this whatsoever and um i never really considered that maybe there was something that was empty in their lives that they were trying to fill it was all me it was all what they did to me it was all um, unfair, and I was as pure as the driven snow, and, and innocent as a little lamb, um, and 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 I would just when they, I mean there so w- the difference between then and now is so is 180 degrees. I have uh, I work in an industry where where people are pretty competitive, we're very creative, and and we have ideas about how things can should be done and. And so we all have opinions and uh, we all have ideas and, and, and um, the difference before was two years ago, I would have cheerfully run over them with my car accidentally several times because look what they were doing to me. Um, look, they were ruining my work. They were, they, were, they were changing my work or they were um, saying things about me and, 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 and making me angry. They're, they're making me angry. No one was making me angry. I was becoming angry because of i couldn't these people were not following my script. these people were not behaving the way I wanted them to, and I was the one who had to figure out finally with my, the help of my sponsor, I realized it wasn't them, it was me. I was allowing them to control my moods, control my fears, control my anger, control my work um, and and sometimes there were things that did happen, you know, that that people actually did wrong me and there was no part that I played in it whatsoever. Um, and it, it, it's, it's up to me now to say to God, okay, that happened. I, I don't want to be angry about it. I don't want to be fearful about it. I, I, I do my 10, 10, 11, and 12 daily and I work things out with my sponsor when when things happen. The think that things don't go away, life still keeps happening. These people are the problem with life is there are still people in it, and, and people still do things that that uh, hurt us or or make us uncomfortable or angry or whatever. But it's just a matter of what is my responsibility in this? What is my role in this? And I and and if I I I, I the thing that got me through the early parts of the program was the acceptance prayer on page 417 of the fourth edition. Um, and, and acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I'm disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and my attitude. And that is what that is what I keep in my mind. That is always in my head when I'm in a meeting, when I'm in a, in a Situation when you know, the political talks, you know, we just finished with this uh, election, thank God. And, you know, this, this kind of prayer that I hang on to, that, that God saved me from being angry, thy will be done. These prayers, these, these thoughts, this big book has really helped me to cope with life on life terms, to help me to let go and stop re-feeling these, these, these angers, these fears, these resentments. Uh, I am so grateful. I can, I can actually. I had a conversation with one of my department leaders that last week, and she, she thinks that I'm running
6: for a leadership position,
3: and that's big, that's huge. Um, I mean, I, I, I was so angry and intolerant before. I'm amazed that they, that they would even, you know, consider me now. But, but things have changed. I have changed. My attitude. And my outlook on life has changed, and my attitude and outlook upon work has changed. The people that I wanted to run over in my car, I really love them today. I really do. I really, I've looked, I look at these people and ask, okay, God, help me to see them how you see them. Because they are your children, too. And I'm as flawed as they are. I'm not perfect. I will never be anything above human. Um, but help me to see them the way you see them. Help me to to look upon them with the eyes of love that, that you have for them. And that really helps me get through my day and keeps me out of the anger and the fear and the resentment that, that kept me in the food. I'd rather be God-focused in this because that's going to save me for myself. And with that, I'll pass.
1: Thank you, Marsha. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Yes, it is,
9: This is, is Paula, may I share?
1: Um, let's see, I heard Amy and then Paula. Amy, go ahead. Good morning. My name's Amy. I'm a compulsive
3: overeater. This was our course. Well, as someone said earlier, this is where the rubber meets the road. Mo- uh, rubber meets, rubber meets the road. Are we going to follow through on what we promised we would do on step three? We made a will to turn our made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand him. Because we look back on this fourth step and we see what it is about us, but we have real hurts. What do we do about them? We know that we can 't wish it away any more than alcohol. We find out that there 's more, so much more to this disease than food and alcohol. My sponsor used to say to me, "Remember that we deal with our mind, our mental obsession, cunning, baffling, and powerful without help, it is too much for us, but there is one who has all power. that one is God. May you find him now. This comes from how it works in the beginning of this chapter. I realize that bombarded by self will things still don 't change in many, many areas of my life, particularly in my ideas and how I think. And as was said earlier, we are given now a course, a new course to how we think and how we act. And what is this course that they're talking about in this paragraph? It's prayer, it is prayer. This is how we learn to grow spiritually when we turn our will and our lives over to a higher power. And to me, that was God. That was to say, God, you are the director now. Show me what it is I am to do. Work through those who have gone before, and that's what this book does. We have someone telling us right now, this is the course. You can't do it alone. You have a power now. You've trusted and turned your will and your life over. You know, the food is down, but what about the mind? You know, the new ideas, we had to let go of those old ideas. The result was nil until we let go absolutely. So here we are, the course of action that we're going to take. We're going to take those real or fancied or hurts that I caused or hurts that I didn't cause, and I'm going to give them to God, and I'm going to ask God what do you want me to do. And and God is saying to me here in this paragraph, I pray for them. I pray for them. I ask how I can be of service. And it's amazing the transformation that takes place. We no longer have to hold on to that anger. I've had that experience over and over and over again. And I just want to read something here on page 63, a little further earlier. It says here, we had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, we discovered we could face life successfully as we became conscious of his presence. We began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or hereafter. We were reborn. Well, that new power flowed in for me, especially through prayer, and especially through praying for people that had hurt me before that I was sure I would never be able to let go of. I knew that I couldn't let go of some of those hurts particularly the ones where I felt I really hadn't done anything wrong. Whether I did or didn't, I'll never know, but I felt hurt. And I could look at my own selfishness, but I still had to let go. So it was asking for a course of action here, which is I had to pray. And that brought consciousness into my life of a higher power. That brought God into my life. And that brought a new thinking and a new understanding. But I had to be willing to take that action step. I had to learn how to develop that conscious contact. And prayer was the main means of doing that. And as soon as I opened that door, things began to change in wondrous ways.
9: And with that, I'll pass.
1: Thank you, Amy. Paula, go ahead.
9: This is Paula, Recovered Compulsive Overita. You know, we just read about looking at things from a different angle. And you know, it was almost like I got these great seats at a football game and there I was, right in the right near the, the, the touchdown thing. And I saw things so close. Oh, but then I was in the bleachers. Then I saw it all. Then I saw it all. I couldn't see it all. I was too close. All the hurts were about me. And then it said here, and I just, I just absolutely think that this is, you know, we ask for directions, we're given them here. It's a course to run, a course that was said again and again. That's a, that's a line of conduct. It's, it's, it's a, a running passage. But I couldn't do it alone. I could not run this course alone. And then it said, we ask God to help us show them. The same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. You know, okay, I'll come to it. I came to the conclusion that I was sick. And please give me the forgiveness and the help. But wait, isn't anyone excluded? Does it not say that in that book? Nobody's excluded here. But we can't do it on our own. Here I had to ask God to help me show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. And we know what we would grant a sick friend because we've done it before. But to extend beyond this, not on our own, not on our own, but with God's help. And this part here, this is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? How many times have I looked and said, oh, can they be help? I was. Are they different than me? No. I gave the willingness. If they do, they get the same thing. And I love this. God saved me from being angry. And why would we have to ask that? Because that's our natural tendency. You want to know the course I take? There you go by myself. See the change. I will be done. Not mine anymore. Not mine anymore. And may I say, I am so glad and it is not mine anymore. And thus, I could travel this course, for I know who travels it with me. And by the way, thank you all my fellow travelers. And with that, I do pass.
1: Thank you, Paula. Well, I'm and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and... um, you know this this reminds me of a conversation i had with someone who you know as we were looking at this paragraph said that she would not pray for a sick friend you know she she she, she didn't care you know she didn't care it's like well what if i don't really care if a sick friend is you know sick and um you know i i don't care if they have tolerance you know i don't want to have tolerance pity and patience for sick a sick friend and you know i mean we laughed about it because um that's that's the kind of people we were and um you know i mean we talked about faking it till you make it or just acting as if act as if you care about sick people you know act as if you care about sick people you know whatever it takes i mean for me um in the food, in active addiction, I don't care about anybody. I, I, I don't care about other people. I'm angry all the time, and everyone is um, out to get me. That's the way I live when I am in active addiction. And the big book was written, um, you know, it was designed to put down the, the substance, put down the alcohol, put down the food, in my case, put down the food, Christy, and get busy. Let's get busy working on the greater aspect of your disease, which really is your mind. It's your way of thinking. And what this paragraph did for me is it said, Christy, have compassion for other people in the world. Get outside of yourself. And this to me opened up. It softened, it softened the hard edges of my heart. And it said, you know, we're all just out here in the world trying to get along as best we can. And not everybody has the tools. You have the tools because you're in recovery. You are in recovery and here are directions for how to live your life. You know, perhaps when that person is tailgating you um, you know, right, right on your tail, on the freeway, maybe they're running late for a meeting. Maybe they're on the way to the hospital to you know, visit their child. I mean, I have no idea what's going on with other people. Maybe they're not out to screw you over. And it was the first time I was actually able to step back and say, you know, we're all just out here trying to get along as best we can. And it was the first time I ever thought that. It was the first time I was ever able to be, you know, to have compassion for other people. And you know, my sponsor would say that to me. She'd say, you know, we're all we're all sick people. We are all sick people. And in the beginning of my recovery, I would think, well, not me. I'm not. You know, there's nothing wrong with me. I just have a little trouble with food. And the truth is, I am a sick person. I am a sick person. And the big book is teaching me how to live one day at a time as well as I possibly can. You know, one day at a time. It takes a lot of work for someone like me, you know, who's hardwired in certain ways. I'm hardwired to be angry. I'm hardwired to pick up a substance, whatever it is, when I feel anything. When I feel anything, too happy, too sad, too mad, too whatever, and, um, you know, what I can do one day at a time is, you know, grow in tolerance and love of other people grow in tolerance and love of other people. And that is not something that I ever would have imagined for myself. I've completely changed the way I think and the way I am in the world with other people. And that right there is the miracle. That is the miracle that's possible for everyone. And I always thought I was a kind and compassionate person, but when it came right down to it, deep inside, not at all. My heart, my heart was as hard as stone. And today it's soft, it's open, it's um, you know, it's loving, it's kind, it's tolerant, it's patient, it's all of those things that I was not before recovery. Um and, and I know I you know, I can go back to that hardened heart, barriers, wall, barbed wire, you know, whatever you want to call it, by picking up that first bite. So now that the food is down, the greater work has begun. And, you know, the opportunity that I have to change and grow and to be out there in the world with people, some of whom are, you know, are sick and just trying to get along as best they can, you know, I'm just so grateful for that opportunity. So grateful that I have that opportunity today to be compassionate and kind. And with that, I'll pass. Is there anyone else who would like to share on what was read?
0: It's
1: Leia. Leia and I heard Janice, and then we'll catch the other people when Janice is done. Go ahead, Leia.
6: Thank you so much. This was our course. I mean, of course, this is written by recovered people, and if I want to be recovered, then I've got to follow this procedure. Because this was, as nauseating as this paragraph may be to some, <laughs> a hard pill to swallow, uh, you know, the question I had to ask myself was, self, how free do you want to be? I mean are you just giving lip service or do you want the ticket to freedom because this was the you know the transformation I the big book taught me that to recover from compulsive overeating was going to take a transformation of thought and attitude. It says, though we did not like their symptoms and the way they disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too, that they had a spiritual sickness. And, you know, it was pounded into my brain, Leah, why can't you understand these people as being spiritually sick? Just like I'm spiritually sick. You know if people are in pain spiritually, why can't I understand that? And you know that it's a it's a spiritual truth that when someone harms someone else, that person harms themselves as well, you know because uh whenever we harm another being and whenever i harm whenever I harm another human being, I'm becoming less of a human being, I'm more like an animal. Less of a human being. I'm not able to fill my own human potential. So why couldn't I start looking at these spiritually sick people as, as unable to, um, to reach their human potential and that that is a tragedy. It's a tragedy of their human spirit and a tragedy of their human heart that they are spiritually sick. And once I began to understand that, understand that aspect of the spiritual sickness, it really helped me to, with God's help, to have tolerance, to have acceptance, that this is the way they are. I'm blessed. I have a program of recovery. They do not. To have pity, to have sorrow for their suffering, to have sorrow for their suffering, and to have patience, you know, with God's help to be able to do that. That certain things, yes, occurred. Certain behaviors, certain people are spiritually sick, and I need to accept that. Acceptance does not mean agreement, (laughs) but it means that I accept it. I accept it. I accept it. And whose attitude and behavior do I have control over? And that is my own. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Leah. Janice, go ahead.
6: Thank you. Thank you, Christy. You know,
3: this paragraph gave me a prayer. It gave me a prayer. You know, even though there I was wanting to be the exception to the rule, my eyes were opened now. I had the awareness. I had the awareness that I am a sick person spiritually. So guess what, Janice? There's probably other people out there like you. You are not the exception to the rule. There are other people out there like you who are perhaps spiritually sick as well. And then what... What Leia just said hits home to me every day. Acceptance. Awareness. Acceptance. Acceptance. That we are all also human. We are all also human. But what I have now is the blessing of action. Awareness. Acceptance. Action. And how am I gonna behave? With the help of my higher power. And that prayer that comes to me, I cannot tell you how many times, is bless them change me bless them change me because if I have the awareness of what's going on here and I can accept that we're all right where we're supposed to be doing just what we're supposed to be doing and I can tap into that power I can tap into that power and that's the power of transformation always always God transform my thinking and when my thinking is transformed my actions are transformed. And with that, I'll pass.
9: Thank you, Janice.
1: And everyone else, please come back tomorrow where you'll have the opportunity to share. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 64, or excuse me, page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Uh, Paula, will you please read a vision for you?
9: I will happily. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsible reader.